Welcome to this episode of PhD Addicted to Research. We're all PhD students funded by the Society for the Study of Addiction, whose aim is to promote the scientific understanding of addiction. We're all at different stages of our PhDs, so hopefully this will be useful to you if you're thinking about a PhD or if you've already started. My name is Zoe and I'm a second year PhD student at Liverpool John Moores University and my research is on behavioural interventions for smoking cessation in drug and alcohol treatment services. Uh, today's episode is about the first six months of your PhD and joining me today are Dan and Chloe. Welcome guys, thanks for joining me. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Sure, hi Zoe, nice to meet everybody. My name's Dan, I'm studying at the University of East London and I'm in the final stages of doing my PhD now. Uh, I'm doing a wet lab based project looking at the mechanisms of alcohol addiction in Drosophila melanogaster, which are fruit flies. Brilliant, thanks Dan. Thanks for having me Zoe, um, my name's Chloe and I'm a first year PhD student at the University of Bath and my research is focusing on accurately understanding the relationships between cannabis, tobacco and mental illness using a few different experimental and epidemiological methods. Brilliant, exciting stuff. Right, thanks for joining me. Like I said, today we're going to talk about the first six months of the PhD. So Chloe, you're just starting, is that right? That's correct, yeah. So you've got a slightly different perspective. I don't know about you, Dan, but I, I struggle to remember what I thought the first six months were going to be like. I remember that they were nothing like I thought they were going to be. Do you remember what your expectations were? Well, it feels like such a long time ago now, but I remember feeling a, a very um, a mixed bag of emotions, really. Um, I was apprehensive, a little bit nervous, a little bit scared. Um, of course, I was excited, um, but I was also feeling very overwhelmed with the challenge ahead and it was a little little bit of a struggle thinking about what people expected of me um did you guys have the same do you feel the same now chloe uh yeah i'd say it's definitely a mix of those things um definitely excitement uh you know feeling like you've worked definitely for a few years to get to this point um and feeling ready to start but also definitely feeling like where do I start <laughs> um, and how am I going to, where am I going to be, you know, six months from here? What's this first six months going to actually entail? Yeah, I definitely say what I remember, I felt the same. I was super excited to be there at the same time, had no clue what I was doing. And I'm very concerned that somebody would notice that I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> uh, and tell me to go home. Uh, but it's important to remember that you're, you're right at the beginning of the challenge um, you're not necessarily expected to know what you have to do. That's why you're there. You're you're training. You are still a student at PhD level. Um, of course, you're more skilled and um, experienced than an undergraduate student, but you're still a student nonetheless. You're not quite at an academic level whereby you have been awarded your doctorate. So you still are embarking on your final stages of, of training, so to speak. So it's important to remember that you... You're not you're necessarily expected to know what to do. You have to learn the skills to know what to do. Yeah, that's a really good point. It is it is a learning experience. That's all what we're here for. Uh, and I know it feels like you're supposed to know what you're doing, but you know, I'll let you in on a secret. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not. Maybe we all feel like that, but it's important to remember as well that you've already gone through a a, um, a selection of different. Um, approval of you as a person people have approved you as a person to be doing what you're doing at in the university you applied first of all for your university place which may or may not have come with funding and then you may have applied for funding externally um, like we all have and 
So people have approved your application along the way and approved you as a PhD student. They believe in you, so you should believe in yourself. You had people on your interview team. They would have then uh, shortlisted you, first of all, before the interview. That's another um, number of people that have approved you as a person. And they all believe in you. And, of course, your supervisors too. So I think we we all suffer with imposter syndrome. And we have an, uh, an episode coming up on imposter syndrome. Um, but it's it's important to believe in yourself because others believe in you too. Yeah, that's a really important point and quite easy to forget when you feel like you're at the beginning and, and you are finding your feet. So what, what, what do the first six months actually look like? I mean, I, I remember turning up on my first day and being a bit confused, but we do have a, a separate episode talking about the first week specifically. So what about the first, the, those first six months? What are you expected to do? So one of the things I found helpful to learn about um, in the last few weeks, uh, just since I've started, is that even though everyone will be working to their own timelines and you know even we've mentioned it already Dan you've spoken about wet lab whereas for example my research is dry lab so we might have different things that we need to be setting up in those first six months but there are these kind of universal uh, milestones or progress checking points some of which occur within the first six months um, so for me I know that within the first four weeks I have to do something called candidature which is basically where I register my research question. Um, I outline any ethical things that I need to consider for my PhD projects and I basically get a, a sign off that the university say okay she knows where she's headed. Did you guys have anything similar in your first six months? Yeah absolutely I had something um, very similar although you've just picked up on a, a really good point that in your university you call it a candidature whereas in my university I call it a um, registration document and so we all do the same things across the board, regardless of what institution you're in, but we all call it something slightly different. So we have a registration document to put all of your research aims and objectives, how you're going to do it, a timeline with maybe a Gantt chart about how you're going to do all of this kind of stuff and what support you're going to need, what equipment, what resources. So we all go through the same steps, but we call them something different. And that's important as well, because... When you're in the first six months, everybody's in the same boat and it's good to communicate. Maybe you want to communicate with other people that you know have gone to other universities, maybe on social media such as Twitter. Um, so we're all doing the same thing but calling them slightly different. But it's important, like you said, Chloe, to get familiar with the, with the deadlines and timeline that your institution wants you to abide by. Yeah, that's really important. So that obviously your research is unique to you, but other people at your university will be on the same or a similar journey even if in, in different different areas different fields so it's really good to I think to get to know exactly what your university expects of you um, and also I think when I remember doing that and that my research changed quite a lot even in that first few months and that I was quite concerned about that and then speaking to other people realized actually that's really normal I think uh, a lot of people's change. You go into it when you're writing your proposal, when you're, if you're applying for a place or you're writing your own project with a very specific idea of what you're going to do. And as you start sort of drilling down into the detail of what that's going to look like, it's going to change, it's going to evolve. Particularly at the moment, I think, with the with, uh, with current situation we've, we have, everything's uh, a little bit up in the air. But just a, a keynote for me was, yeah, stuff's going to change and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Even when we're not in a, a global pandemic like we are now, 
Um, for future listeners, this is 2020 in October, <laughs> and it, the situation is currently not that great. Um, but when we're not in a global pandemic, it's, it's important to understand that your project will change. It's totally normal. I mean, I've had to cut out a whole massive section of my PhD because previous results that I obtained at the beginning totally dismissed the idea that I wanted to do in the second half, which is, A, is a good thing because I, you know, I've found something out, but B, I then had to redesign the whole project. Um, so you're not failing because you had to change. That's not what's happening, but just be uh, very aware that your project will develop with time just as you will. Um, so bear that in mind, Chloe. Mm. <laughs> I've got to say, it's probably one of the things I had in the back of my mind as a concern is, you know, what happens if you get started and you're like, oh, actually, you know, I, I can't do this thing I wanted to do. Or turns out that, you know, maybe even somebody's already done exactly what you were doing and you find out. So it's it's great to know that the changes are to be expected and just to be flexible with it and to have that in mind coming up, I think is a good way to to go into it yeah and you learn from all of these things you know if someone else has done it well you can learn from them what what can you build on what else can you do that's the point you when you write your project when you set out that initial plan you don't know as much as you'll know six months later so it's it's going to change because you're going to learn and you're going to hopefully have a better insight into what you're doing that is so true that is so true and as annoying as it might be that you've got to change your project because somebody might have done something similar to you or you've realized something hasn't worked it's all developing you and developing the understanding of of research and that's what we're in it for isn't it we are doing it because we want to advance the understanding of society that's a really good point it should be exciting it's going to be a little bit scary but it should be exciting this hopefully is a project that you really care about that means something to you that you're really interested in and there are going to be times further down the line I think where you get a bit fed up of it <laughs> because you are going to you know live this project for the next three or however many years so enjoy the enthusiasm about it I wish I'd done that a little bit more <laughs> they go so busy worrying about it that I yeah I kind of forgot to enjoy it that's really good advice thank you guys I remember to to kind of remember why I'm here and why I'm doing it <laughs> Put it on a post-it note. <laughs> Dan, I've told you this before, you need to go into fridge magnets and placemats <laughs> just with your little motivational messages on it. <laughs> but it's important. It can be a bit of a lonely experience, as far as I'm... Well, in my experience, uh, it's important to surround yourself with people, whether that's virtually, whether that's through social media, through you know, other people in your department, however that may be. Surround yourself with people that understand, to some extent, what you're going through and that can remind you that you deserve to be here and you can do this. Because if, you, if you're just working in isolation, it's very easy to forget that. So for today's interview, I have here uh, Professor Sally Cutler from the University of East London. Professor Cutler is a professor in medical microbiology and she is also the research degrees leader for health, sports and bioscience here at the University of East London. So hello, Sally. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Pleased to be here. Today, our podcast episode is about the first six months of a PhD. Now, with your experience as a research degrees leader, I was wondering whether you could um, tell us a little bit about how you make people feel as comfortable as possible during the start of their PhD. 
I, I think the, it's important to give a student a little bit of an overall picture of expectations and what's actually going to happen. So I think induction sessions are very useful because you, you can map out the whole of the journey that they're going to go through. And you can tell them it's, it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to feel shocked by the workload, the demands and everything else um, that come with starting in a new role as a PhD student. But also I think the, the relationship with your supervisory team is absolutely pivotal because at the first part of that journey towards a PhD, it, it's new, it's scary, you don't know how to find information, you don't know quite how to go about addressing the various demands that you need to meet during that stage. And so that support that you get, particularly from your director of studies, and the, the wider research um, team that's there for you is absolutely pivotal to help that journey go forward. So lots of regular meetings with your supervisory team, just so that you can understand week by week what you actually need to be able to get on with. So I, I think lots of meetings really upfront is absolutely key. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's really important and that's something we've already touched upon on our podcast is the relationship between a PhD student and also the supervisory team because not only can they offer academic support but also pastoral support as well that, that your supervisors will often have done university studies themselves um, and will be able to support yourself based upon the experiences that they had too. So we mentioned a little bit, um, you mentioned a little bit about talking um, with regards to the expectations and what's going to happen on the PhD journey. So presumably some students might feel a little bit overwhelmed with um, the potential challenges ahead. Um, as a research degrees leader, what sort, of, um, what sort of advice would you give PhD students when settling in? Obviously we've got our, we've got our supervisory teams, they're going to be an integral part of what you do, but is there any top tips that you could give with regards to how to settle in and be as comfortable as possible? I think really, so to, this, this is twofold. Um, it's partly to talk to other PhD students that are around yeah. you because they've been through that same process. They're also doing that same journey. And so they are an immense form of support. Um, so that is really part of the, the key to actually going forward, but also, don't try to take too many long-term tasks on board initially. Just a stepwise approach makes it a little bit more achievable. Then you can tick that off and think, yeah, I've done that one, on to the next task. So one of the early tasks that really is quite daunting for new PhD students is actually the registration document that is needed to actually um, officially register their postgraduate research title. And so this is a document that actually involves a lot of background research into the topic. It's a way of actually forcing the student to actually do a lot of this preliminary reading. And many students, I think, are thinking, hey, let me into the lab, let me get started. And actually, they're sent to the library and to go online and to look at papers and do this background reading. And so I think that can be a little bit frustrating for a student because they're just desperately keen to get started and to start delivering the work. But actually they, they have to get these things done, which 
actually is a good way of crystallizing the research question, giving them that background information on what has already been done. Wow, that's that's really insightful, um, especially to talk about the, the registration document and that it's not necessarily going to be full steam ahead from the moment you start your PhD and there's going to be a little bit of um, an introductory um, settling in period, so to speak, getting to grips with what your research is. And the term I, I like to use is finding your PhD feet and it's settling in and finding out what's expected of you. And of, and of course, you said about mention, um, talking with um, other PhD students that have already lived some of the experiences and feelings that new PhD students will be feeling themselves. That's really important. So with your experiences, again, as research degrees leader, what feedback do you get back from students? What's the best things about doing a PhD? Big question. It is a big question. And I'm going to speak sort of from my personal perspective from this to answer this. Great. And really, I think that the best thing about doing a PhD, certainly for me, was the idea of being to be able to sort of really move forward our scientific understanding and to, to basically sort of try out ideas and interesting concepts and hypothesize and see, is that really the case or is it not? It's that sort of discovery aspect is absolutely infectious in nature. Um, so basically, this is why it, it's such a wonderful environment and you want to carry on doing research and you go through with your postdocs and everything else. And from my own perspective, I'm desperate to actually get back into the lab and get back involved with what's happening there. But now I'm having to deliver this through my own students because I have lots of admin, teaching and other responsibilities as well that I need to deliver. So it's absolutely wonderful time um, that you can fully immerse yourself in the research itself. Oh, it's so great to hear and it's really refreshing uh, to hear an academic as experienced as yourself talk about the feelings that we are experiencing now and that you still have so much excitement for research. Um, so it's nice to know that in years down the line when we PhD students have um, ex experienced and worked in the field for a long time that we're going to still have hopefully some of the experiences that you're describing today. Um, Sally, it's been lovely to talk to you. Um, thank you ever so much for your time today and um, thanks for joining us on PhD Addicted to Research. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. So, Chloe, have you got any other questions about what you can expect going into your first six months? Yeah, um, so it seems like a lot of what we've spoken about today is like foundation laying. So those first six months kind of working out what you're doing, setting up some important aspects of your research. And I guess one question I've got or one challenge I've been facing is how do you start to pull all of those things together? So all these different things that you're starting out, how do you kind of organise that and kind of be working on these multiple elements of your project that's a really good question. I know it can feel quite challenging to deal with all the, the various things. Um, everyone's a bit different. Uh, for me, um, planning, organisation is really important and that's not something that comes naturally to me, so it does require a bit of effort. Um, but yeah, I think that you are setting the foundation, so if you can set up a working pattern that works for you, that's really good. Just write everything down, keep really good records that's important. I, I can't tell you the amount of times I'm like, I'm sure I saved that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
save your work but it's an organizational system so you can find things really easily so you can keep on top of things and yeah work out work out a plan of, of the different aspects you need to do make sure you've got time for everything it will all come together absolutely we, we PhD students are definitely like squirrels, right? We say that, we, we put our nuts everywhere and then we just have to rummage around trying to find them. But even a, <laughs> even a bad squirrel has an organisation system and we, are, we have to be like that too. Um, one piece of advice I would give you that I still um, was given to me and I still abide by it now is find a pattern that works for you. You know, you can't work in a way that somebody wants you to work if it's not you. Why, why, would, why would you put yourself through that? So have a, have a talk with your supervisors. Learn what the expectations are of you in the lab. If they say, you know, we don't mind as long as you get your work done, find what works for you. Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? It's about what's working for you and find your own schedule. You know, you might be happy to do a little bit of work on the sofa in the evening whilst you're watching TV. A PhD is demanding, um, so find what works for you very early on. A PhD does you know it doesn't run your life but it becomes a big part of your life um i think if it runs your life then there's a problem because why are you doing the phd if the phd is doing it for you um you need to you need to want to do it and you need to find a way to deal with it yeah i've got to say i find sometimes working at the weekends can be really good because i'm not there aren't other things i I feel like i have to do i mean sometimes you're sitting at your desk you're trying to work and then Somebody wants to talk about something, there's a meeting, there's this, that and the other. Whereas at the weekends, no one expects me to be at work, so it's fine. <laughs> so I can get on with stuff. As long as you make sure you do take that time back. You know, I know there's, it's very tempting to just spend your all your energy, all your life on this PhD. And it will feel like that at times. But make sure it's that work-life balance. It's really important. Like I find I really like going to yoga classes in the daytime because they're quiet. And then I'll work in the evening or I'll work at the weekend. That works for me and it works for, you know, for, for my my life. But make sure that you don't, you're not just working. You'll, if you see someone working on the weekend, hope that they've taken a day off somewhere else. Don't be that person that, that's in there. Certainly not at this stage. Maybe later on, that'll be a different issue. But right now, don't do seven days a week, 15 hours a day, whatever. And I think that's where it comes down to, again, working out your boundaries and finding your expectations very early on. Because it is very easy to think, this is what is expected of me. I can see the third years who are trying to write their thesis, doing every hour under the sun in front of the computer. Whenever I'm in the office, they're in there. So maybe, you know, oh, I'm not doing enough and all the rest of it. Find what works for you and what your boundaries are at this stage. This podcast episode is about your first six months. So it's all about finding your feet and finding your PhD feet. Um, find them very early on and it's going to be great. But... You know, we're talking a lot about um, potential struggles and how hard it's going to be. I, I can't reiterate it enough. The PhD is fun. I've, I've met some amazing friends. I've had some amazing experiences. I've got, it's so cliche, but I've got so many skills that are transferable. Um, I'm pretty sure that as a PhD graduate in any discipline, you could go on to do so many different things. Um, so it is an exciting time, as, as, as challenging as sometimes it can be. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that. I know you you hear a lot about how it's all doom and gloom and how hard it's going to be. And <laughs> it is going to be hard. I don't think anyone goes into it expecting it's, it's it's a walk in the park. But it's so rewarding and so yeah, you get so much out of it. You know, I've had so many points where I'm just like, I can't believe I get to do this. This is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be doing that otherwise. So it's, it's 
for me anyway, it's totally worth it. That is one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys today is, is there something you remember as being a really exciting or like cool moment from the first six months of your PhDs? So I was very lucky to continue my EMRES project into my PhD. So ultimately I was entering my first six months, but it was actually my year and a half mark going forward. Um, and I had a really exciting eureka moment, so to speak, in the lab where I got some interesting data and I went and shared it with my team and we realised it hadn't sort of been looked at before, so that was really cool. Um, and in the first six months of my PhD to go and get some data and start a publication because things hadn't been seen before and that was really exciting um, for me and it was a really big confidence boost. Now, if your PhD is totally different to anything you've ever done before, maybe you've just come from a MSc or a master's or maybe straight from undergraduate, it does happen. Um, don't expect to get data in your first six months, but definitely grab any positives that come your way with two hands and, you know, savour them because you're going to be doing so many great things throughout your PhD journey. It's often easy to forget about all the successes you have. I have, it's very cliche, but I have a jar that I start every year and I start it on the 1st of um, January and I end it on the 31st and anything nice that happens, I put on a little post-it note and put it inside and at the end of the year, I open it up and then I go through all my memories for the year. And that's really nice. You could have a PhD themed one as well, maybe. Um, but that's what I do. And I think it's really important to grab things with two hands and um, say that they're good. I love that idea. That's, that's a brilliant idea. I love that idea because it's so easy to enjoy these things in the moment and then forget because you're so busy. So absolutely brilliant plan. And you will have so many good points in your PhD, but you'll forget about them because they're old news or new things happen or... But just remember that you're doing great things. You're already doing great things, and that's why you got accepted to do a PhD in the first place. Yeah, mine wasn't quite as... Uh, there was no groundbreaking results, but um, our faculty does a PhD symposium every year, and I'd never attended but always kind of knew it was on and, and kind of thought it was really cool and, and wanted to go. And then within... The, I started in February, so it was on that summer, and I got to not just go to it, I helped organise it, and then I got to present more of my kind of what I was going to do than what I, any exciting results, but still. But for me, that was kind of a, a really cool moment where you feel like you've kind of made it. Do you know what I mean? I've gone from looking at this from the outside thinking, wow, that sounds so cool, I wish I could do that, to standing up on the stage and telling people about the project that I was being funded to do. That for me was, again, it's a confidence boost. It was just that real kind of, wow, I get to do this. This is my life now. How how awesome is this? So, yeah, that, that for me was, was a really kind of key moment. And it's important to remember these things. Those are some really awesome, cool moments, guys. I can't wait to share what I have with you in six months' time. Brilliant. I think, yeah, enjoy it. That is one key to take home from me. Enjoy it. Remember the, the exciting moments, the amazing moments, because there will be so many. Yeah, but on the same token, if there is something that's not going to plan or you're struggling or you feel like the PhD is, um, you know, maybe taking over a little bit, talk to people. Talk to people. Um, you can um, speak to your director of studies. You can talk to PhD colleagues within every university. There's a mental health team or a student wellbeing team that will be able to talk to you about stuff. 
you can um, you can do so many things. You can message me on Twitter at Mr Daniel Ranson, and you know you can. There's so many people out there that will be willing to support you, even if it's something small for you or what you think is small. It's you know, it's all about making yourself comfortable for your PhD journey. Brilliant. Well, on that note, I'd just like to thank you both for for joining me today, and it's been a really interesting discussion. And join us next time on PhD Addicted to Research for more PhD discussions and experiences. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Bye. Thanks for joining PhD Addicted to Research. Bye.